This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 277, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, June 3rd. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans. This is episode 277. It's our Comic Reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, June 3rd. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. Every week we take a look at the comics that came out the previous week, do a quick rundown of a few of the issues, highlights, lowlights, and give a rating based on uh, how good the issue really was. Um, as we record this uh, episode, it's actually June 10th. So these are all comics that came out a week ago. Uh, unfortunately, my uh, my voice is going a little, so this is going to be a little bit of a, an abbreviated episode just because I don't have it in me to talk long enough. I've been battling a bit of a cold, and it means my voice is kind of uh, going away a little, and it's becoming a little hoarser, a little bit raspier, a little so uh, a little bit more old-timey radio. Um, so this will be a little bit of a shorter episode. So got ten books to talk about this week. Let's get started. Uh, first up, we have Action Comics 41, which is obviously the beginning of the uh, the Truth storyline. Um, the It's written by Greg Pak, this particular issue. Uh, art is by... I'm just looking for who actually does the art here. Art by... Um, sorry, stories by... Yeah, um, stories by Greg Pak and Aaron Cooter. Words by Pak and art by Cooter. Um, uh, Cooter's art at time really works, but at times I just felt that the, the detail wasn't really there. I liked his... Overall design of the book I thought was cool. The way that Superman looked, the way that the t-shirt kind of looked on him. At times, I thought the details were a little rough. Um, that being said, I thought it was a very well-paced story. It was very interesting now that uh, Superman's identity has kind of been revealed. I don't know how long they're going to kind of make him more grounded and less powerful, but uh, it's definitely definitely feeling very fresh and different. Um, I like the way that they have kind of have the S-Shield, uh, very kind of old school. Um... You know, it's just an interesting concept, kind of seeing Clark Kent as Superman, everyone kind of knowing who he is. Obviously, it probably won't last, but it's a, it's a cool thing to see. The whole idea of him kind of wrapping his, his cape around his knuckles, a little weird, but um, kind of interesting. I, I feel like I don't even remember, or I guess it's okay that I don't remember, because it looks like the storyline here kind of takes place after Superman 42, which doesn't even come out until next month, but... Um, I guess he's locked out of the Fortress of Solitude is what we're led to assume. Uh, his uniform was kind of lost, and that's why he's dressed like this. Um, I'm kind of cool with it as that being the concept, that being kind of the story, in-story reason for why he looks like this. Uh, again, the wrapping his knuckles is a little weird, but I'll, I'll, I'm okay with it. Overall, it was entertaining. Again, I thought the art could have been a little bit stronger, um, but I think this was a lot better than what I was originally expecting, and I, I think it definitely could be a very interesting storyline just to see where they go from here. So I'm going to give it uh, Action Comics 41 a 7 out of 10. Next up is Amazing Spider-Man 18.1 by Jerry Conway and Carlo Barberi. Um, really enjoying the script. I think it's really strong, the whole gang war storyline. The art is not the best fit, but I, I like the story very much. Uh, Jerry Conway is really nailing this. Um, I like you know this kind of ver- the way he's writing Black Cat is interesting. Uh, the Crime Master, all the different kind of um, uh, hoods, um, I thought was really interesting. Uh, the artwork's really the only kind of not as strong spot here. Otherwise, I think it's just extremely well done, really interesting, compelling. Um, Jerry Conway is just killing it. I think this is just a really one of the better written Spider books I've read in a while. Which is sad that 
it's a, it's more or less a mini series and not like the main book, not the main main deal. I just think this is this is what Spider Man should be telling these much more interesting gray area crime stories. Um, I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. Would have been a little higher. I think the artwork is at times not quite the best fit. Uh, next up is Amazing Spider Man Renew Your Vows. This is obviously by Dan Slott. Um, the artwork is by, I believe, Adam Kubert. Um, let me just kind of go through my issue here. Adam Kubert and let's see who else. I don't even know who else is involved with this. Anyways, um, it's an interesting book. It's different. I don't, it's not, it's interesting. I've, I've listened to a lot of podcasts talking about this. I've read reviews. It's definitely like kind of a weird kind of reality where it's more or less kind of like if 1989 went off the rails a little, like everyone, even like the Avengers here kind of feel like a retro, not like current versions, even though Venom is kind of more more of a more modern take on the character. The character of Regent kind of destroying the Avengers and Spider-Man kind of deciding to save his family, not the Avengers, and then at some point kind of turning his back on responsibility. Kind of a weird vibe. I'm not really sure how I feel about this book. It's It's a lot of different bases. I don't think it's quite as strong as people were maybe hoping. The artwork is pretty good, but the story leaves a little bit to be desired, um, just because I don't know if I buy into the whole idea that, yes, because he wants to be responsible to his family, he's not going to be responsible to the world at all. Like It almost feels like a weird weird way to, to go, and I feel like this is not the best way to write the marriage either. Like This is kind of them saying, We've, here's the marriage, we're giving you Mary Peter Parker again. And I feel like this isn't what people think of when they think of how awesome it was to have that relationship at its best of times. This feels very kind of lackluster. Uh, so I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Next up is Batmite number 1. This was super fun. Um, it's written by Dan Jurgens, artwork by Corin Howell. Um, um, speaking of Dan Jurgens, if you go back and listen to... Oh, goodness. Uh, episode 270, which came out, I guess, middle of May. We uh, had a half-hour conversation with Dan Jurgens. We didn't have a chance to talk about Batmite just because we were kind of talking about full-on career stuff but uh, throughout his long career. But this is a, a really fun book. Fantastic first issue. The artwork is part of what sells it. Um, it takes such an absurd character and you put him into like him trying to coordinate and talk to Batman and kind of doing all this different stuff. I thought it was really fun, enjoyable uh, excited to kind of see where they do with the rest of this series. I didn't expect to see Hawkman here. Um, this I thought was a, a nice kind of a nice jaunt. It was it was lighter fare, but it was very enjoyable. The art is part of what sells it. Um, and a book like this has to kind of have art that I think is fun. Um, you can't make this a super serious book; it just wouldn't work. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. I thought it was extremely well done. Next up is Darth Vader number six. Um, it continues to not be as good as the main title, but it's still very interesting. Um, this issue, let's see, who who wrote this particular issue? I believe it's by Kieran Gillen. Artwork by Salvador LaRocca. LaRocca, at times, the um, the action is extremely well done, and there's other times where it seems very static, so it's almost like a, it kind of alternates between being really on point and then being a little lackluster. Um the end of the issue kind of crossovers with the main Star Wars book where you have Bubba Fett show up and kind of say that he's found out the name of the guy who shot down of the Death Star and finds out it's Skywalker. Now, you definitely get more of a sense here than you did in the main Star Wars book of you know Darth Vader kind of flashing back and knowing about, like remembering when Padme uh, told him that she was pregnant 
his feelings upon it, uh, him thinking that the, um, he killed her because that's what he was told by the um, the uh, oh god uh, the emperor. So it's very interesting. the The overall moment here where he kind of shatters the glass, I think, is a just because the angle is a little less impactful. Uh, than in Star Wars, because in Star Wars, you're led to kind of intuit more of what happened, whereas here, it's not really the same. Um, but that last shot is still pretty fantastic. Uh, and you get, this is kind of the, the changing moment when Darth Vader kind of makes a decision that, you know, he's, he may end up turning away from the Emperor uh, because of the fact that the Emperor kind of kept his, his identity, the fact that his son survived away from him. Um, this is really cool. I really dug this. Um, again, not the strongest of the of these books, but still very, very good. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna still give it an eight out of ten. Uh, Star Wars, I think, is better. Uh, next up is uh, Giant Size Little Marvel AVX. Um, this was just great. Um, this is joyful. Uh, it just feels like you know Scotty Young is having a lot of fun. Uh, he did the words and the art. Um, it's just super fun. We get a, a kind of a sense of all these different realities, uh, and then we're seeing the ones where you basically have these kids fighting each other constantly uh, in different ways. Um, it's joyful. It's fun. You don't need to know anything about Secret Wars or EVX or anything. You just have to know that the Avengers and X-Men sometimes don't really get along, and then they fight each other uh, in different ways, whether it be competing for you know who's going to sell more you know, food from a food truck, or what, you know, whatever it might be, the Avengers and the X-Men are going to find a way to fight, and it's going to be hilarious. Um, there's some great gags here. Uh, there's a gag with um, uh, Bishop and Cable, which is really fun. Um, you have twins show up at the end, which is really cool, which I guess is supposed to be Pietro and Wanda, but I don't even know if that was explicitly stated. Um, this was just a ton of fun. Really dug this. Uh, you cannot go wrong by reading this. This is just an absolute fun book. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Um, yeah, I'm just giving those out like candy today. Uh, next up is Justice League 41. This was a, a very solid debut. Um, it was definitely a, a, a lot of fun. I don't, I don't even know if I knew what to expect from this, but this was just... It, it, I'm sorry, maybe not fun, but it, it's a really well-written, well-illustrated book. Uh, it's written by Jeff Johns. I work by Jason Fabok. Um, you really got your a lot of bang for your buck here. Uh, riveting story, extremely well plotted. Characterization was on point. The artwork by Jason Fabok really sold it. Um, you know what what happens here with Lena Luthor against uh, Lex was surprising. Um, I really dug this, and I'm excited to kind of see what happens next. Uh, this is just such a, a fantastic book. Um, so, you, you, again, there's some really strong books this week, and this is one of them. I'm going to give it, a, I think, a 9 out of 10. I think it's just, this felt like what Justice League is supposed to have been. That being said, the last year has been pretty great, because ever since uh, Forever Evil has been over, I think this book has really gotten a shot in the arm, and Jason Faybox has been doing crazy good work. The story has been really riveting, and it just continues here with the Dark Side War. So this is 9 out of 10 all the way. Uh, next up is Secret Wars 3. Really enjoyed this. Written by um, Jonathan Hickman, artwork by Asad Ribich. Um, this is this. We finally get more of a sense of what's really going on in this world. The fact that um, Doom and Strange remember the previous reality. We have the Thors and Strange kind of investigating 
uh, the, where the Cabal escaped from. And they discover Miles Morales it was actually a stowaway there. Uh, we learned that uh, no matter what, Doom hasn't been able to fix his own face, which is kind of hideous but cool. Um, we finally open the arc, the heroic arc, and find all the characters that did survive Secret Wars uh, issue one. Um, so everyone kind of discovers, you know, what's going on. They find out a little bit more of what's going on in this reality. And then the Thors, um, you know, prepare to engage the Cabal. Um, this is a really good, really kind of moving the pieces along nicely, getting a sense of, you know, what survived the old universe and what's really going on with Doom. I'm going to give this a 9 out of... I don't know if it's a 9 out of 10. I think it might be an 8 out of 10. It's just... It's very good. Maybe an eight and a half. It, it's a solid read. We're finally getting some more movement. Last issue was more of a place setter. Now we're really kind of getting things moving. We still have, what, five issues left before any of the, all the big stuff is going to happen. But um, we're definitely getting this sense of grandeur, which is exciting in a book like this. Uh, next up is Star Wars number six, which, again, is fantastic. Uh, the last page is just brilliant, um, which, again, we saw it in Darth Vader, but I think it's almost better better rendered here um this is great it's the last issue by john cassidy unfortunately which is a real tragedy uh jason aaron just really nailing it on this book um the boba fett um luke skywalker fight is extremely enjoyable um the only part that didn't work for the issue as well is the stuff with um han and leia it just felt like a little bit of a disconnect um you know trying to kind of recapture the banter from the movies it was all right, but I, I, it just didn't really engage me. I thought it was almost a bit of a detraction from the main story, whereas the main impetus of Bubba Fett and Luke was just so strong. Um, so overall, I'm going to give it an 8. I think it would have been stronger if the parts with Leia and Han felt a little bit more natural, a little less forced, um, trying to kind of recapture the tone from the films, and which is okay to a point, but I don't know if it necessarily worked as well. And then lastly... We have Superior Iron Man number 9, which I found kind of boring. Uh, Tom Taylor wrote it with Yildare Center on art. Maybe not boring, I just found it didn't do a good job setting up where the character was going to eventually be after the uh, eight months later. Um, and again, I, I don't know, it just felt unearned. It, I didn't really enjoy it that much. I, I liked the art, I just thought the story kind of... Like, I, I don't think it's necessarily Taylor's fault. I think that it's the fact that, you know, where the character was in the um, eight months later, after when time was running out, didn't really feel like it equaled what happened with the character here. And I feel like he never really got to put his personality back in the box. And that was felt like a weird leftover thing from AVX that wasn't properly kind of um, resolved. Um, so I'm going to give it a, a six. And most of that's because of the art. Anyways, uh, th there's a lot of stuff I didn't get a chance to talk about. I'm just going to hit on some of the um, the highlights of the things I didn't talk about. Some of the bigger releases, which included uh, Green Lantern 41, Bizarro number one, Batman Beyond number one, Omega Man number one, Midnighter number one. I'll get to these eventually, but not on the show. Uh, as well as new all new X Men 41, Armor Wars number one, Future Imperfect number one, Groot number one, uh, Master of Kung Fu number two. New issue of Princess Leia, Star Wars Battleworld number two, Spider Woman number eight. Oh, I can't believe I missed that. I gotta go back and read that. Uh, Extinction Agenda number one and Years of Future Past number one as well. Uh, if we look forward to the next week, or really today, uh, June 10th, um, some of the highlights coming out this, uh, this coming week, or today again, uh, include 
the Absolute Transmetropolitan Hardcover Volume 1. I'm surprised they're actually going to do that. Holy crap, that's going to be a big undertaking. Um, the I'm surprised they're doing this on the same day. Uh, Batgirl Hardcover Volume 1, the Batgirl of Burnside, coming out the same day as the Batgirl of Burnside trade paperback. That seems like an odd decision. Um, I guess, and especially with the $10 price difference, like, if you want it to be in hardcover, you're really paying a big premium. Like, it's not even a small difference, it's a big one. Uh, a new edition of Batman Cataclysm, I'm definitely getting this, it's coming soon for me, I bought it through Amazon, uh, just because Cataclysm was, I remember buying that, I hadn't really bought, read a lot of Batman, and I remember buying it in the 90s, there's a funny backstory to, to that that I maybe someday will talk about on the show, but I doubt it, um, but uh, they previously put it out in trade, which I do own, but the entire event is finally being collected, whereas there were some one-shots that had no real bearing on the overall story, but we're still in interesting um, stories, and technically we're numbered as part of the, I think, what, 17, 18 parts. So they're finally putting that in a new uh, Jay Pamperback edition. Uh, we've also got uh, new issues of Detective Comics, Earth 2 Society Number 1. Uh, there's uh, Nightwing Volume 2, Rough Justice, which is uh, a trade paperback collecting some of the material by... Uh, Chuck Dixon, who was recently on the show. If you go back and check out episode 276, our last episode, uh, there's, um, let's see, Red Hood and the Arsenal number one, which is a new launch by Scott Labdell, who was previously on episode 250 of Comic Shenanigans, as well as we have um, Superman Action Comics Volume 6 Hardcover Super Doom, as well as Superman and Action Comics Volume 5 That Lies Beneath Trade Paperback. Uh, over at IDW, there's the third issue of Uncle Scrooge coming out. Uh, over at Marvel, uh, we're going to have, let's see, 1602 Witch Hunter Angela, number one, A-Force, number one. Oh, that's right, that's a poster. Uh, we've got the Ant-Man trade paperback Scott Lang, which is cool that they're actually doing this. It's a weird collection, but a lot of old uh, Scott Lang appearances, which is really cool. We've got Captain Marvel and the Carol Corps, uh, number one, Secret Wars tie-in. Uh, we've got the Deadpool by Brian Posehn and Jerry Dugan hardcover volume 2. Uh, Inferno number 2, Inhumans Adeline Rising number 2, so a lot of these issues in number 2. Iron Man trade paperback volume 5, Rings of the Mandarin. Um, Marvel Zombies number 1, Marvel's Ant-Man prelude trade paperback. Uh, Miss Marvel, uh, that's Kamala Khan, volume 3, Crushed. Uh, we also have the new issues of Secret Wars 2099 and Secret Wars Journal. Uh, Silk, it's issue number 5. Silver Surfer is issue 12. Silver Surfer also has the second trade paperback called Worlds Apart coming out, as well as Ultimate End number 2, We're World number 1, etc. Uh, so it's a big week coming up. So episode 279 will fo uh, feature me talking about probably 10 or so of those books. So that'll be uh, coming out next week on the, I guess, 17th of June, probably when that episode comes out, maybe the 15th or 16th, not yet sure. Anyways, uh, thank you for joining us for this episode of Comic Shenanigans. You can reach us at, again, comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, rate or review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also post, post in our HC Realms thread or listen to us on Stitcher. You can also uh, become a donator to the show as there are costs to to uh, keep our Podbean subscription going so that we can host the show. Um, so we have no, we obviously don't have any commercial advertisers, so any um, support or assistance we can get from listeners is very much appreciated. In our um, description for the episode, there is a link that you can follow if you want to donate to the show to help keep the lights on and keep content running. Uh, so thanks again for joining us in our ep next episode, episode 278, coming out in a couple days, will be our Conversation with Pat O'Leaf episode. 
Uh, episode 280 will be our comic shenanigans on the road episode featuring Paul Scorez, Richard Bryson, and myself. Uh, episode 282 will be our conversation with Mike Teodato Jr. That'll be coming out, I believe, around the 26th of June. Um, then we'll have future episodes with Barbara Kiesel and Ron Garney, uh, continuing the summer interview series, um, which will be going actually while I'm on vacation, so I won't even be around, but episodes will still be coming out because we're that awesome. Uh, anyways, thank you very much for listening to the show and, uh, make sure to download our next episodes. And, uh, again, if you want to support the show, we really appreciate any assistance. I also want to give a shout out to our, uh, our donor, our first donor and only donor so far, Matt Miller. Your, uh, your support was very much appreciated. We cannot tell you how much it means to us at the show, um, to have supportive listeners like yourself. So thanks again for listening to us and for listening to me prattle on and on and on, even though I'm losing my voice and we'll catch you next time. Bye.